Welcome to the PT Coffee Cast, a podcast helping coffee-infused clinicians elevate their practice by realizing the tools they already possess. What's going on, guys? Welcome back to the PT Coffee Cast brought to you by The Movement. My name is Dalton, and alongside me today is my beautifully bearded friend, William. William, how are we doing today? We're doing good. Uh, we haven't done a Zoom podcast in a while. Uh, it's interesting because you get to watch yourself while you're doing it. And what, mm. what I'm noticing, I don't know if you notice this, so I have this one hair here. <laughs> Yeah, it's a common theme for you, bro. <laughs> and I'm noticing this, and I'm like, why won't it go down? I think you just got to roll with it. You know, I, I guess that's just uh, it's a conversation piece, right? Dude, as we were starting to record this, it just really brought back the old days when we were Zooming all of our podcasts, and I was um, doing it out of my closet. Yeah, oh, yeah. I forgot that you used to humble beginnings on this podcast. Yeah. <laughs> um but yeah super stoked to be back with another episode guys if you aren't subscribed to the podcast make sure you head over to apple podcast spotify wherever you're listening subscribe so you don't miss out um on any episodes um if you guys aren't following us on the youtube yet head over there so you can see will's beautiful hair and face and beard um you can subscribe to our youtube channel we put out the video episodes there and then if you guys are interested in joining the movement mentorship wait list we are about halfway through i think cohort one right now which has been sick um and we're looking to get um the wait list built up for our second cohort which will probably be launching um in the fall probably around september um so if you guys are interested in that make sure you click the um, link in the show notes, sign up. Um, that way you can be notified when we put out the application um, for our second round of cohorts. And we also have uh, plenty of free resources for you guys. So if you're interested in our three wise ebook, you can find that in the show notes, as well as um, our sales tips. Um, we also have like Jenna's 10 things that require zero talent. Um, so a lot of good free stuff for you guys to uh, take a look at. If you're interested, you can find that in the show notes. But that is it. Um, let's get into all the fun stuff. So today we're going to talk about a topic um, that I think is uh, one that a lot of new grad students get very um, concerned about or caught up in sometimes. And I definitely can understand why um, as, you know, school really preps us on the importance of diagnosing, which I think, again, is a, it's one of those things where it's a good thing that we have the skill set to be able to assess and provide a diagnosis when necessary. But our question in podcast topic today is, do you really need to communicate a diagnosis? So we're going to dive into that in some of our thoughts, um, as this was a big point of conversation in our most recent um, mentorship call. Yeah. And like working with uh, mentees, previously as well just noticed and just talking with a lot of like new graduates mostly is they often feel a lot of pressure like and and put a lot of worry and anxiety into communicating a diagnosis 
And so I felt like it was a good topic to, to talk about for that reason. Yeah. And then where do you think that like stems from? Like, I know I kind of hit on like school really drives that point home. Um, but do you think there's other drivers of that like anxiousness? Well, urge? yeah, I think so. Like, I think just not having as much experience, like working with clients. So you don't know. Um, and then that combined with the, the pressure of school where you're learning how to come up with those diagnoses. And so it, it comes across as though like, that's, that's, what's really important. And there's lots of pressures, you know, like often, like even notes will have like, what, what's your diagnosis or, you know, if you're working with insurance companies, you kind of have to come up with a diagnosis. So it, it can be easy to think that that's what, uh, what's important when working with your client. Um, and then like, I think also just, uh, I lost my train of thought. Maybe. That's all right. This guy has, not, this guy hasn't consumed enough co- uh, coffee yet, but, <laughs> um, no, I do think, I do think you're, you're right there. And, um, the other thing is, uh, I think as, um, clinicians we think or sometimes yeah I think we think that that's all the client really wants to know um, is their diagnosis when in reality like when we really dive into it it's not necessarily um, it's kind of like this surface level surface level thing because like the client doesn't really know what else to grasp onto and they're kind of confused and don't really understand what's going on so I think putting like some in this case, like a label on it is very helpful to give some people some peace of mind. And I think even as clinicians, I think that is also the same thing is it gives us something to work with, which is why I think it's okay. I think it's a good thing that we have the ability to diagnose and differentially diagnose and have names for um, these, these different types of injuries, right? I think it's good because it gives us some starting point, but we can't obsess over it. And it's not as like, it's not as important to be like specific, um, on that diagnosis as, you know, we think. Yeah. And I think you hit on a couple good points there where it is, it does have some value, you know, in terms of like, you obviously need to rule out things that are more sinister. Um, and it helps us to organize and classify things in our own minds and, you know, maybe that can, that can be helpful. Right. But I think that's different than what the client needs. Um, and also I think like what you, you hit on, like how it's a little bit surface level. And I think that's actually what I was, uh, when I had that brain cramp, I was, I was going to mention that I think a lot of people just don't actually think about the deeper reasons why, why you're doing an assessment in the first place and maybe what are the things that your client wants uh, to get out of an assessment? Yeah, for sure. So when like, you know, the question of the podcast is like, do you even need to communicate a diagnosis? What's your thought on that? What's your response to that question? So I think I provide like a formal diagnosis extremely infrequently. Mm -hmm almost never, you know, it doesn't mean I don't like mention the problem from time to time, but it's very rarely, 
like a, here's a, here's your diagnosis situation. And I very rarely have clients asking for a diagnosis. So then what do you do, man? So I think like what, uh, <laughs> nice. I like that segue. You're leading me into the answers. Um, but I think, uh, what I try to do is, and, and I think what I try to recognize is what one of the reasons why people, uh, one of the things that clients want from an assessment is to understand what the problem is and how we can help solve that problem. And I think at face value, that can seem like that means what's my diagnosis? Like, what's the problem? What's my diagnosis? But I think if we dive a little bit deeper with maybe an example of what that means, we'll realize that it doesn't really mean provide a diagnosis. Yeah. So like, maybe we could go through like an example of like what this might look like and how we might communicate it. Um, Because I think like, it's important. There's a lot of important pieces that we need to hit on if that like diagnosis isn't like the specific thing that we're focusing on. Um, so maybe we can kind of like take people through how you would help someone identify like what that problem is and then how you communicate to the client how we're going to help them solve that problem. Um, for them. Yeah. So like, let's get like a specific example. Let's just say someone comes in with knee pain and it's, it's right in the middle of the patellar tendon. Right. So, and maybe this person went to the doctor, their doctor said it's patellar tendonitis and they're the old jumper's knee, the old (laughs) jumper's knee. Yeah. Yeah. They've got the old jumper's knee and, and they're coming in. Um, And so, you know, I think you could start thinking, oh, should I educate them that it's probably not tendonitis, it's probably tendinopathy, this and that, right? But I think we have to ask ourselves, do they really care? And is it really going to be that helpful to like start going down that road for them, even though you know, technically, it's probably not tendonitis, right? Um. So what I do in that kind of situation is I help them understand the big picture problem of what's going on with their knee. And often like after talking a little bit or maybe going through some tests and provoking the symptoms a little bit, I will draw something like up on the whiteboard, you know, and I, I think like this can look a bunch of different ways, but what I want to highlight with that uh, drawing and with talking about it is that there's a mismatch between what they can currently tolerate and the activities that they want to do. And so, you know, that might be in that circumstance, uh, squatting, right. And so, you know, maybe it hurts if they go too low or have too high of a load and we'll have tested that with like some objective testing. So it's easy to show them that and connect those dots. And like, really that's the problem. And how we help them is like, Hey, 
today, you know how I was testing your knee and at 25% effort, it was not a problem. At 50% effort, you started getting symptoms. Well, we want to work around there, right? And that's going to be our starting point. You want to then build this up over time as it's desensitizing and tolerating more load, right? So that's the solution, right? And obviously this is very condensed than the short form. You know, there's more that we could probably talk about and, and help them understand. But just to illustrate, like, the problem is the tolerance and the solution is helping them build up that tolerance, right? Uh, and so there you have a problem and you have a solution. They know that, you know, we have a way that we can help them. And I really didn't mention the diagnosis at all. Uh, although it could be like a casual mention of like, we're working on building the tendon to tolerate more, you know, less of a, less of a formal, this is what your diagnosis is. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And I think like, obviously for the condensed version, you know, one thing that we really try to do is like tie the goal and the why into to that. So like the problem is that their knee's not tolerating load, but the bigger problem is their knee's not tolerating load and they can't squat heavy the way that they want to squat. So it's like really helping them understand and connect those dots as to why that's the problem. And then I think, you know, you talked about a little bit of the solution being like, we need to build up the tolerance to dive deeper into that is like to show them how you're going to help them do that and what um, is required to get there. And so that's why, you know, we usually break our goals or our plan into three phases and really lay out like, okay, in the comic down phase, we're going to focus on doing this. And this is where I can help guide you, you know, the build it up phase. This is where we're, this is what we're going to do. This is how we're going to do it. And this is where I can help you the bridge, the gap phase. Right. So like they really see and connect the dots between like, okay, here's my problem. Here's the solution. Here's how they're going to help guide me there. But we really try to put the locus of control on the client, knowing that it's ultimately going to be up to them to make that decision and implement the things that we go through in order to get to their goal. Um, so I think, I think just to like add that kind of into it to get a little couple more layers in there. Yeah, that's a good point. And there's so much you can do to like really level up that whole process and delivery. And I think the main point is like, if you're a new grad out there and you've been thinking about this and stressing about, oh, do I need to know, like deliver a diagnosis? And what if that diagnosis isn't really like representative of what's really going on, you know, and how accurate is this diagnosis and this and that? Our hope is that we can alleviate some of that anxiety by uh, showing you that that's not necessarily a big problem and that you can confidently deliver um, vague, like more vague diagnosis than you think. And that can be enough. Like how often do you explain to people that they're dealing with tendon pain? And that seems to resonate pretty well with most people. And it's so vague. It's not that specific at all. Right. Uh, 
and that it's okay if someone thinks it's tendonitis and you know not tendonopathy as long as they understand what we just talked about and so yeah redirecting yeah. efforts like toward more of this versus the the other stuff for sure and, and there's like two things there i think like one, we obviously are educating our clients on like what tendons are and we're still differentially diagnosing like, hey, this is a nerve versus a tendon versus joint versus a muscle. Like obviously those things are important to separate and what's contributing to this client's problem because that's going to dictate some of the things we do in the rehab setting. So that's important to note. It's not like we're just like, oh, this yeah. is going to be knee pain. You know, it's like, we're going to differentially diagnose to see it, but it's what we're communicating to the client. Right. Um, and I will take a little bit of time to educate a client on what a tendon is so that they understand, um, how that is contributing to their problem. Right. Um, and then the other thing I think is that anxiety about like having a diagnosis and something that we're so focused on, then drives how you approach the assessment. And so now if you're just solely focused on like, oh, I got to like try and find this quote unquote diagnosis, you're maybe running through a bunch of different tests. You're running through a bunch of different things to try to come up with like information that's going to give you the diagnosis that then you're going to tell this client takes away from your ability to actually lay out your assessment in an effective way to communicate a plan and how that plan is going to help the client. And I think what we've realized is the assessment is a big opportunity to really connect those dots for clients. And that is more of the important piece of that in doing everything you can to set up your assessment um, to guide that communication of the plan to get people to understand and get them bought in is the most important thing. Yeah, that's a really good point. Like remembering the big picture stuff and what the purpose is and not getting lost really deeply in the weeds. Like you do need to differentiate to some degree, obviously. You need to rule out sinister stuff. Uh, you need to understand is this likely a nerve problem? Is this likely a muscle issue? Is this likely a tendon problem? But that's maybe as specific as you need to get to help them understand the problem and start coming up with solutions. So I think, I think you highlighted that pretty good there. Yeah. And, um, you know, there, the, people are going to ask too, like people will ask, like, I don't really bring up a specific diagnosis, like, and, and unless someone like will ask me like, and then I'll get, I'll tell them what I think like specifically it is. And if there's someone who, really wants to know the get into the weeds. Like I have no problem getting into the weeds with them, but that's a secondary thing to laying out the, the their problem, how it relates to their goal, how we're going to help them solve that problem and the steps that are needed to get there. Then we can have that conversation after if they want to, like, I have no problem doing that. And if I think that there isn't a specific diagnosis for this and it's a lot more general, I will communicate that to them the best that I can. Um, and that's where the nuance comes in because you know that there's some people that are very, very focused on that. And if they're like looking for something like that, when they come in and they've said it a million times, I'm probably going to give them some type of specific diagnosis and not just blow up their whole worldview of this situation and tell them like, Oh, this is just knee pain, you know? So there is some nuance to it, but even with that, 
the most important thing is to do what we talked about with the plan and communicating the problem and all that and try and navigate that tough diagnosis question that someone's really focused on, which I would say is not a high percentage of the time. Yeah, very low. And uh, I think I agree with what you said, where sometimes it doesn't even happen on the assessment. It happens like when you already have a relationship, trust and commitment with that person, they're already getting better. And they're just genuinely curious, like, oh, what? So like, why do tendons hurt? You know, like, what is a ten- what is tendonitis? And like, you can get into it more uh, and talk about the the vast uncertainty that is tendon pain. <laughs> <laughs> and regardless, like if, if people are starting to feel better. Exactly. They don't care. They're like, no. they're like it's more of a curiosity uh, thing. They're like, bro, I've been dealing with this knee pain for eight months in like yeah. two weeks, we've started to reduce my sensitivity and I've been able to start to load my knee. Exactly. They don't care. They don't care. They're like, what else are we doing to get yeah. to my goal? Right. So, which, which is why it's so important to like really have that be the centerpiece of everything um, that you do. Yeah, exactly. Sweet. Anything else that you want to add to that? I think that's, that's good. Um, it's a common problem. If you, if you like have this anxiety and you want to reach out, just send us a DM. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Send us a DM. Um, you know, we hit on a lot of the stuff in the mentorship. We just went through this, um, with the cohort, um, on how we deliver our plan, communicating those things. So that's something we definitely go through probably at some point, maybe we put out a little, little teaser, little kind of free piece of content that maybe highlights some of this stuff for you guys. Cause like it is super important. And honestly, like we've probably said this before on the podcast, but like this, this like three-step process, communicating the plan, laying out and identifying the problem and the client's why, and then connecting the dots on how we can solve that problem for them has been the biggest contributor to my confidence as a clinician. And I think the success of um, my clients reaching their outcomes. So I think this is something that's really important that we can't drive home enough. Um, but if you guys aren't following us on Instagram, head over there, follow us at Pete's coffee cast, subscribe to the podcast on your podcast platforms. If you want to see our beautiful faces, you can subscribe to the YouTube channel. Um, and then lastly, we got some free content for you guys in the show notes below our three Y ebook, our sales tips, um, Jenna's 10 reasons or 10 things that require zero talent. Um, but yeah, that's all we got for today, guys. As always, stay caffeinated. Peace.